Welcome to the Forward Minds podcast, where we meet entrepreneurs and innovators focusing on creating a more sustainable future. Listen to their stories and discover how they are shaping a new lifestyle. I'm Joy Asfar, founder of the Forward Lab. How can I take this program and integrate it into as many different areas of young people's lives? You're motivating a whole generation of young people. Currently, without interventions, plastic waste entering the ocean is predicted to reach 37 million tons by 2040. We just have to figure out like how we can work within the system that's already there and make it better. Today, we're tackling ocean threats with science and storytelling with Ocean Generation. Ocean Generation's mission is to ensure an ocean-positive future where the youth understands the importance of a healthy ocean. Ocean Generation translates ocean science into engaging content and practical actions through different media. Brad, their head of strategic development, tells us more. Hi, Brad. Thank you so much for being here on The Foreign Minds today. And we're very excited to hear about Ocean Generation. Hey, thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me on today. I'd love to start um, the, our discussion. If you could tell us about yourself um, a little bit, how you got to Ocean Generation and how Ocean Generation started. Yeah, so so I'm Brad. I'm from the UK, um, and I first met the founder of Ocean Generation in 2017, and um, we quickly sparked up a, a friendship and. A, um, a clear mission of how we wanted to tackle some of the problems that the world faced at the time. Uh, this was very much stemmed from like a lot of uh, that early media attention around, um, particularly around climate change and this sudden sense of doom. <laughs> um, we knew that I was from the music industry and we knew that we wanted to engage with young people and we knew that we wanted to engage with them on their terms. So we wanted to kind of change the status quo in which charities and uh, nonprofit organizations kind of mobilize young people. Um, and back then, I feel like we really did a great job at managing to kind of integrate popular culture and different mediums of engagement into our messaging. We kick-started with a song Um, we collaborated with Grammy Award winning Joss Stone um, to create a awareness building campaign that we launched um, not just into the within the music industry but globally with 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 a very early adaptation of I guess like an influencer marketing campaign. Um, but instead of it just being like promotion, we encouraged young people around the world to do covers of their own song and uh, kind of trickle the message which at that time was very much around plastic pollutions uh, into their communities. And that really kick-started the journey for us and um, set the path to, to where we are today in, in trying to engage with um, 50 million young people by 2030. Yes, that's, I mean, we're going to talk about this later, but it's, you know, you've achieved a lot in the, in the recent years. Um, but before diving into ocean generations and, you know, getting to know what you're doing a lot better, you said that, you know, you, you met your co-founder and you decided to tackle some of the, you know, issues around climate change. You know, as you said, so many issues. Why did you pick uh, the oceans? And I would love if you could give us, you know, some facts about the ocean and plastic and, you know, the urgency into why we should save our oceans. Um, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people know this, but it's, you know, it's always important to repeat it. <laughs> and uh, we'd love to hear your side of, of uh, the story. 
of course. I think when we stepped into the space, it was almost that the the ocean and the way that we think about the ocean. Um, and just for the record here, ocean generation, we, we say ocean, not oceans, because of we're trying to streamline this for process that it's a sing, single interconnected body of water that, you know, we're completely integrated with and is completely integrated with with uh with life on earth but i think when i think it was a learning journey for us at the beginning because we just you know most of the planet is water we're made from water all life is is connected to water but we never really think of the ocean as uh, the solution um so we really set out to change people's perceptions mindsets and behaviors um by tapping into their emotional connection to the ocean. And for us, this meant changing the narrative from the ocean being a victim. So these these awful facts and stats about like pollution and climate change, um, but really shift it into the ocean um, being the solution to to a lot of our problems. And that we by protecting it, we can we can protect the rest of the planet. Um, so it, it seems like a massive mission, um, but it really starts with that interconnectedness with with the ocean. And we really focus on doing this through through storytelling, popular culture, making sure that we're appealing to a wide range of audiences who who otherwise may not have engaged in this issue. We always start at science um, by framing the, the phrase like every second breath we, we, we take comes from the ocean. And that works well with all audiences and all ages, because when you when you think that every second breath you take is is coming from the ocean, you realize that even when we were at school and we were learning about rainforests, like the ocean has never really been on the agenda of education in a way that I think it, it really must be because we are a blue planet and we're not a green planet. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think just tapping into like the in, how interconnected our existence is and the with the ocean and, and, and how, what it plays in our future, how the ocean, unlike land, has, has no boundaries and we're all connected to it in, in, in different different ways outside of politics and, and stuff. But, I mean, if we dial down into the facts, it's pretty, it's pretty intense, uh, the damage that the ocean, the ocean takes. Um, you know, we, we, ident- we clearly identify the threats and we look at building all of our work around them. So anything from pollution to extraction to daily ocean use and, and climate change. Um, I mean, currently without interventions, plastic waste entering the, the ocean is predicted to reach 37 million tonnes by 2040. Uh, and that, that alone will bring, you know, hundreds of billion dollars worth of financial financial risks as well to, to the planet so that you can look at it in so many different ways. So we need to make sure that we're tackling the problem head on, um, but without it seeming like it's too big to conquer because it's it's massive. So So it starts with empowerment. No, I know absolutely what I know absolutely what you mean about too big to tackle because when you start looking at any of the issues surrounding climate change, it always seems too big to tackle. But what I really, really like about uh, ocean generation, it's the fact that you're focusing on the younger generation. You know, there are the people who are going to be living on this planet uh, in the next, obviously, you know, a hundred years. So they're the most important to speak to. And the fact that, I mean, you use storytelling, I think this is the base, the DNA of Ocean Generation to engage the younger generation. Um, you started, as you mentioned before, with music. 
And if I'm not mistaken, when we spoke, you also look into gaming. Oh, yeah. Can you give us some examples of how you use uh, these different medias and what type of storytelling you focus on? Of course. So uh, we know that 42% of the world's population is, is under the age of 25. So we, we set a pretty ambitious target of, of engaging, educating and empowering um, 50 million young people by 20, 2030 as part of the decade of the ocean. And I think we have no option than to kind of use these me mediums which are a bit, bit more accessible from storytelling elements. I mean, we always want to make sure that we're being as representative as, of the people who are most impacted by climate change and the threats they face. So historically, a lot of our projects have always been focused around that. But recently, we've really taken a stance of like trying to become even more global in our, in our reach and almost stepping back slightly to kind of cast our net further um, and really let the movement move our impact opposed to us being so integrated into all this, the different levels. And I think that's going to help us achieve our scale. Yeah. Obviously music was the kickstart um, and documentary filmmaking. So when we merged with uh, Plastic Oceans UK, they had a rich history of storytelling anyway. So um, Joe Ruxton, the, the, the founder, um, she, she pioneered uh, Plastic Oceans, which is a, you know, epic, a documentary which was really a first of its kind at the time with a particular focus on plastic pollution so this rich history of storytelling and her experience from years with the bbc uh, along with um our kind of more uh innovative um you know on the edge type of engagement with young people um particularly with our gaming and popular culture themes that we kind of tied into that we just doubled our chances of casting that net a bit further and securing a wider reach. In terms of today, gaming remains pretty pretty big in our in our agenda. Like we have a gaming partnership at the moment, which is pretty cool, which is targeted at younger the younger age group of children. And just last week we were running a, a hackathon with um gaming colleges up and down the UK to get uh, young oh, people cool. okay. you know designing games which uh, I, I had the pleasure of uh been on the judging panel on Friday and it was so great to see all the amazing work that they're doing. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so, so sorry, you mentioned designing games and you're on a panel uh, as a judge. Yeah. Is it uh, young, you know, young kids, uh, the younger generation, designing games with the environment and the ocean in mind? How does it, you know, when we say gaming and, you know, in respect of ocean generation, what does it mean? Yeah, so we obviously, so it's two-sided. We have our core games that we actually you know, historically, we, we launched games, um, I like mini games and education focused um, games. And I think 9 million young people played those games and we had hundreds of thousands of pledges made. So that's one side of it. Right now, we currently have um, just a game with one of our partners called Earth Cubs, which is really great, which is right at the roots of like basic educational learning for, for young kids. Um, and I think that had you know a more modest nearly 100,000 gameplay since we've launched 100,000 young people so it's a great way for expanding reach on, on young people's terms but then on the other side of the coin um, we wanted to actually engage with young people who use gaming for their career and that's where they want to go 
So we partnered with Creative Assembly, which is a, a Sega company, and we have ran these, um, oh, we're calling it Ocean Hack. We ran one last week, and we're running one at the end of April, where all their gaming students at uh, next-gen colleges up and down the country um, go through one of our ocean workshops, and then off the back of it, they're given a brief, and the brief is to like okay. take ocean education and bring it into the gaming sphere. So it's just one example of how we, how we engage with young people. We're... We're doing the same program almost identically um, in the art space with the, the official partner for London Young Artists Award this year. And we'll be doing a big um, ceremony at the Natural History Museum when we run a very similar style event. Young people will take our, uh, take our resources and turn them into artwork for a different, different way. So my, my plan very much, this is, this is more for, for, for 16 plus, but uh, my plan really in terms of scale and strategy is how can I take this program? How can we take this program and integrate it into as many different areas of young people's lives that they're actively working within? So you don't have to be a scientist or a, or a, um, a journalist to engage with this topic. You can be working in anything from finance to fashion and we'll have some way of engaging with you and bringing it to the way that you can apply it to your career absolutely and it also brings the younger generation some concrete solutions and they understand at the very young age the threats and the issues that you know climate change are bringing and i guess it also in terms of the perception of these issues they're very daunting and they're sometimes we feel that they're too big to tackle but for the younger generation, if they've been hearing about it for a long time, or maybe since they were you know, young enough to understand these concepts, they're not as scary, I would say. You know, if they've been hearing about it at a younger age and given some solutions and some different tools to understand it, then they feel that they can do something about it. Exactly. We feel like this is an approach that puts solution building back into the hands of young people. And it's very daunting I really, I'm, and I'm very critical of it. I, I, I don't think it's helpful necessarily when we see these huge scientific reports that have no relevance for the ma vast majority of people on the planet in terms of actually understanding and applying that report to their life. The science is always grounded in everything that we do, but actually it's just the bedrock of the way we can move forward and it doesn't serve as like, it doesn't serve as the carrot that's dangling at the end of the incentive for young people to want to change the world. Um, it, it just means that we can be more practical in how they can apply themselves to problem solving. And it all comes down to this entrepreneurial problem solving mindset that we can integrate into young people uh, as they start their careers. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And this is also, you know, what we try to do at Forward Lab. It's, you know, trying to, especially with Forward Minds, to bring to the public, you know, the amazing entrepreneurs, you know, NGOs like yourself, those amazing concepts and companies that are innovative and full of hope uh, because there are so many of them. And instead of, you know, being negative about everything, trying to shine the light on all the positive things that are happening around us. But to build upon uh, what you were saying before, I think that it's safe to say that education is central in our student generation. And looking at your website, you basically, there are more than 1 million children that are educated on tackling ocean threats using your resources with approximately 11 countries. And you've launched a couple of programs, which one of them I really like. Uh, you have the Ocean Academy, the Wave Makers, which is the one I really enjoy. 
Um, can you tell us more about these programs that you're launching and I mean that you launched already, sorry, and uh, what they're all about? Of course. So um, I'll start with Wavemakers because that was the one I was just referring to. Uh, Wavemakers is, 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 is how we empower um, 16 plus um, young people over the age of 16 to to really tackle ocean threats on their terms, in their life, in where they are right now. So this program is like quite modular and can be integrated into so many different industries. Like I mentioned, we, we, we're doing gaming and art this year, but I'll be sure to take it back into music and finance and uh, all these different areas because it's so it's our greatest thing we, we offer, if I'm being uh, <laughs> um, well, yes. like that. I, I think it's just seeing the response from young people. I mean, the feedback for this program is I haven't experienced anything like this in my career yet. Um, it's been tailored with young people, for young people, to support young people. So it's just got that full kind of holistic approach to change. Um, and it's serving as this like epic mechanism for us to scale in ways we didn't ex expect so still very much in its early days but it, I, I see it as being a bright future for us and I think for our for our legacy as an organization when we turn when we turn back and look in 2030 at the end of the decade of the ocean I think we'll be proud that we've contributed so much change to the world um, ocean academy is more of a comprehensive formal education work um, we're currently in the process of uh, turning it into an edtech platform um, where it would just be even more accessible in far more places, in far more languages, to far, to far more uh, classrooms around the world. And that's how we bring the ocean. And it's important straight to young people in the classroom from the ages of, of five. It's not as sparkly and as exciting as Wavemakers, I guess, in the, in the kind of way of thinking of sparking a movement but it, it serves as that kind of entry entry level education that just simply not only is struggled to be built into curriculum currently but there is the lack of resources available or the lack of resources with with as much depth and value that we can bring to the table so in terms of our real scale in terms of the biggest chunk of impact that we'll be able to generate uh, it will be will be through ocean ocean academy and the scale in which we can get the ocean on the agenda in classrooms globally over the next few years. So, yeah, so you, you've recently raised money and uh, you were telling me it was, you know, you were going to focus on the EdTech platform, which is what you're telling us about right now with the Ocean Academy and trying to have basically like a program that you can, you know, have in different schools around the world. Yeah, exactly. So we're building a, um, a completely... Uh, comprehensive grounded in science suite of materials that different to current uh integrations in the classroom can just be like slotted into main curriculums around the world without too much effort by the teachers so that it doesn't become this like added kind of nuisance so we wanted to make sure it was super accessible but it'll also be highly engaging so um lots of video content lots of real world examples lots of gaming elements lots of tools maps um, we've spoken to Google about bringing Ocean View, their 
kind of like Google Maps uh, Street View, but like an ocean version into it. So there's lots of like all these different like storytelling and visual elements that will bring it to life. So with a click of a button, any teacher anywhere in the world can bring ocean generation, the ocean and its importance straight to the classroom, straight to young people on the terms that they need to have it in a quick, easy to digest way so that we can make sure that everybody has a very basic understanding of the importance of the oceans, the threats it faces, and how we are integrated into that and how our future is integrated into it. What's the response of the schools? Are they cooperative? Are they happy to integrate this? How does it work? Yeah, so we have a on-the-ground program here in the UK where we actually go around to schools, museums, football clubs, stuff like that, which is more informal, so young people get to come. Our biggest challenge, honestly, in terms of scaling is just the sheer pressure teachers are under already with all of their restric- restrictions of uh, curriculum that they need to teach. What we offer is great and free and even still as much as the appetite's there, it's difficult to get into school in the ways that they want. So this would definitely be a way for us to solve that problem. Um, I think the, the appetite for the, this sort of education is there. What's happened probably in the last 18 months particularly as governments, especially European governments, are pushing for formal environmental education on the curriculum. What we've seen is a flood of resources and different options for teachers, but A, not very well curated, B, not very engaging for young people, mm-hmm. and C, some actually, frankly, some quite scary science. So we really want to step in there as like the safe-to-go <laughs> environmental education force. No, I get it. And another question, still about, you know, the Ocean Academy, because I find it really interesting. At what age do you start teaching kids? Like once the first time they can start reading about, you know, Ocean Academy and, uh, you know, the issues and the threats. So we split it down the middle. So we cater for ages five to seven and then ages um, seven to 11 and then 11 to 16. Um, So it goes across the board. Um, a teacher or a parent or even a youth leader will simply log onto our platform, click the age demographic of the young people they're engaging with, and it will just maybe some interest they have, whether it's travel or fashion or gaming or, or whatever it may be. And it will just, it will just curate uh, lesson plans, um, resources, videos, everything tagged uh, for that age group demographic and language. Okay, amazing. And you're definitely in the front line with children because teaching them about these important issues. How would you describe their attitude towards the climate crisis? Are they hopeful? Are they discouraged? What's their response? How do they feel about all of this? I think it's ebbed and flowed over the years. I think, yeah, from my experience with working with young people, like generally, optimism's high but burnout I guess in that sense can be quite high burnout for a cause um I think a huge issue we're facing probably with the older older uh students is uh misinformation and the the role that social media and um uh these platforms have in this especially when it's the primary news source for so many young people um that's just more of a personal concern of mine (laughs) I mean, I agree. I think you're right. Already myself, you know, you follow accounts, you follow, you know, different news sources on social media and you just, you know, it's very, very overwhelming. And unless you have your own way of, you know, going through it and trying to make sense of it all, you definitely end up with too much information. 
you never know what's, you know, really right. So, you know, as a kid, I can't even imagine how confusing it must be. It must be daunting. It must be confusing. I mean, it's something we pride ourselves on. It's something that I like helped integrate massively into our communication strategies. You know, if anybody goes onto any of our social media platforms, you will be in awe at just how positive it is. Um, you know, we really frame difficult conversations, difficult science into ways that can be digested in manageable ways. Um, I think with young people, though, seeing that trend, I mean, just to answer your question more specifically, at the front end of the spectrum, the younger ones, my mind is just blown. Like, they, they're so intuitive. They know exactly what's happening to the planet. Um, <laughs> they have, like, an impact on their parents. It's always on the agenda. I, I mean, I was even driving... Um, a friend's child the other week and uh he was like you must be making so much money in the moment because every school was learning about the environment and i'm just like you're seven you're like you're talking like an adult <laughs> <laughs> like i have so many of these type of conversations and um, i hear them from friends with children as well like it's it's i mean you know it's very specific but i think at the, the top end of the age group at you know over 16 it's either they're hyper engaged like really committed and like they see they're almost panicking in commitment um or they've almost gone full circle and completely rounded off and the problem's too big and they don't see how they can make a change and that's why i'm so proud of our wave maker program because with with that perfect intervention at that age where whether they're going to go to university to study absolutely anything they may think back to that work to our workshop and think actually I can still be a finance guy and go make money and do this, this and this, because that's what I want. But maybe I can do it in a way that's a little bit better for the planet. Yes. And if we just have everybody applying that to their career as they move forward, we will we'll transition quicker. Absolutely. Well, circling back to the wave makers, because it's something that I wanted to ask you later on, but um, I'm sure, you know, our listeners would love to know if you, you know, how it works, if you want to, you know, take part in the wave makers. Of course. So first of all, anybody can do it. <laughs> we just actively market it to kind of that, that 16 age group. But um, yeah, so it, currently it's in, it's in free formats. We do, we do physical events, which we we're always sharing the, the links for. We do digital seminars where people drop in and the workshop itself is about three hours. So it's quite in depth. Um, and Currently, we're in the we've uh, in the process of digitizing the entire program, so anybody can go on our website and do the module one by one, and they'll get their certificate at the end, and they'll be enrolled as a wave maker. When they're enrolled as a wave maker after completing the workshop, they'll be pushed to different events. There'll be career opportunities, internship opportunities with our partners. We we do hackathons, and we'll be doing meetups. There's a lot of incentives at that point um, in the long run for wave makers to be connected to one another in the community. Another point uh, when I was browsing through your website, which I really found refreshing, is that ocean generation approach to plastic is a very realistic. You try to stay away from the concept of zero waste and you try to look at how we can learn to live with plastic sustainably because realistically plastic is not going to disappear anytime soon it's practically impossible to leave a you know zero waste no plastic life exactly so what does it mean to live with plastic sustainably in you know in ocean generations approach 
Oh, it's a great question. Um, uh, uh, th- this approach, if anything, is is really a reflection of our ethos of, of, as an organization. Um, you know, we don't want to be shouty. We don't want to be demandy. We don't want people to feel excluded from the conversation. And we don't like to point fingers. Um, we, we, we see all the, the solution building as a collaboration between everybody, like, we would be the first to partner with an oil company if we can make some change in the world, you know? Um, so that's very much our, our mindset. Um, with plastics, actually, we did an entire scientific framework that's endorsed by the UNESCO Decade of the Ocean for, for the UN. And um, this, this approach is for us to reframe how we communicate plastics um, and their role in society and our role as consumers when, you know, faced with plastics. And so, to be honest, we really push recycle and even reuse straight to the bottom of our list of priorities because they're not really solutions. Um, what we what we do is we really push rethink and mm-hmm. focus on making sure that before the plastic has even entered your sphere, you've kind of maybe really fought the options you have when, when doing that. So we, that's definitely like at the top of our pipeline, uh, rethink. And then we kind of, we break down the plastic journey from there and have different touch points all the way through of like where you could maybe rethink as well. Um, it's still very much integrated into all of what we do, but we, it's not like the bedrock of our approach the beauty of plastics from our perspective of work is that especially when you're engaging with, with young people, it's a very tangible um, example of one person's behavior and its outcome on the environment. Um, so yeah, that's, I thought about that. Very true. Yeah. It works as a great way. Even the get a lot of the games last week and they weren't prompted a lot of the, the teams and we had over a hundred, uh, young people creating games last week, they they all lent into plastics as a theme, actually, when thinking of the ocean. So it, it, it intrigues me, actually, now that I've been in the space for so long, like how much work we have to do that this actually one of the, the smaller ocean threats is, is plastic pollution. It's actually, unfortunately, a whole host of much worse threats um, that don't really get the airtime or support that they need when, when talking about the ocean. Absolutely. Now, it's really, I mean, it's really interesting because it's, you know, this refreshing approach to plastic and to try and stay away from zero waste and recycling. And, you know, because this is what we hear all the time. And I think it's not really helpful in terms of concrete action. So it's, I think, re, you know, reframing, reshaping the way we think about it is really important. And as you were saying, from even from before it gets into your house. So like, you know, when you're faced with, you know, for example, you go to a shop and they offer you a bag. You don't take it, you know, things like that. Or like, uh, you know, if you have to pick between vegetables that are wrapped or not wrapped, you pick the ones that are not wrapped. Small little steps like this. Yeah, of course. They're, they're the very like tangible examples. Um, it's also part of our commitment to being a globally accessible organization. You know, we're obviously like, you know, based in London, very privileged, like have all of these, our, our, our considerations of what plastic is and, and the way I might consume with plastic on a day-to-day basis is very different to somebody it's very different. somewhere else. So it doesn't make sense for us to just frame it all as bad. Like we just have to figure out like how we can 
work within the system that's already there and make it better. Absolutely. I have a couple of more questions. One of the last ones, what are the next steps for Asian Generation? We've talked about the fact that you're focusing on the EdTech platform. Are you working on using different media to like, uh, you know, engage in storytelling with the younger generation? What are the next steps? Yeah. Um, well, that's very much my role at the moment. Um, moving into that is focusing on kind of like how we really achieve our mission by 2030, which is a massive undergoing. But um, the again, continue, continue to diversify how we engage with young people and what, what, what spaces. Uh, we have ambitions to do more video content and to get back into um, documentary filmmaking. Or we're fundraising for that at the moment. Um, obviously, the launch of our edtech platform will be massive, but also like the digitization of our WaveMaker program is going to be pretty pretty monumental for us in terms of a young person could be on the bus to college and they can just do like an you know thirty minutes and it'd be a bit more like self learning. So I think that's going to really open up how many young people we can we can empower instead of expecting them to sit through three hour a three hour workshop if they if that's not their thing. Um, and then we've got a whole host of more innovative approaches. We we're launching um we're going into museums and holding space and residences there in different places. We're partnering with with football clubs. We're gonna start using sports more as an entry point for young people. Um, I want, I'm, I'm desperate to get back into music and art and fashion and all the things that got me uh, involved before I was pulled into the non sector. I'd never really meant to come into the space, but once you're in, it's really hard to leave. <laughs> um, it's very hard to leave. <laughs> I agree. Uh, um, working for good is definitely the right thing. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's... A hundred percent. I think you're, you're also like, you're motivating a whole, you know, generation of uh, of, of young people to, to do the same. So that's great. Exactly. And I mean, the real point of our existence is that we hopefully don't need to be around in a few years. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that would be the sign of our success. Um, but um, yeah, lots to look forward to. Amazing. And as you're an expert in terms of how um, we can engage in the fight for climate change, but more specifically with the ocean, it would be great if you could give uh, our listener um, to suggest some ways to, to engage in the fight against plastic or how to get involved in the oceans. Obviously, you know, they can go on ocean generation, but any type of things that they could do on their day-to-day -day life or things that you think would be interesting. Yeah, of course. I think the... The first signpost is always to just try and understand your interconnectedness as a, as, as a person to the world around you. And, and then it, it depends on, on the person. Um, you obviously have your, your small daily behavior change, which, you know, if a lot of people do a lot of small changes, of course, it makes a difference. I think generally everybody is trying their hardest. Um, so even I lean away from those as kind of like points of reference, because I think the conversation has moved beyond that. I think the best approach, I think for me when I'm speaking to people is like, no matter who you are, what you're doing, where your career is going, like you're going to be given, you know, 40 years of your life to a profession, whether it doesn't matter what it is, what can you do within your profession to make a difference? The interconnectedness of all the issues that our faces, both socially and environmentally, they're all connected anyway. So 
whether you're tackling one problem that you might not think is related to the ocean, it will have an impact one way or another anyway. So I think if everybody just finds their superpower, applies it to the industry that they work in, commits their career to doing at least some form of change, then we'll, we should we should leave the planet a bit better than we, we, we received it uh, when we retire. <laughs> yeah, That's the aim. Uh, but yeah, I really like what you're saying about it doesn't matter where you work and what you do and which industry you work in, but you know, try to look at what you can do for good and for the planet within that industry, because every industry has an impact on our planet and on the climate crisis. And, you know, there's so much to be done that wherever you are, you can still do something. Exactly. Thank you so much, Brad. It was a lovely discussion. Um, I hope people will be interested and um, I'm sure they will be interested to go and check out Ocean Generation. And uh, we're looking forward to see what's coming up. Amazing. And, and for every follower we get on uh, on Instagram, we will plant mangroves. So that's a quick, easy way. Oh, perfect. Um, at Ocean Generation. Okay, amazing. Well, and we'll, you know, we'll uh, put um, all the information online and they can uh, make sure to follow that. Thank you so much, Brad. Thank you so much, Joy. Thanks for joining us today on The Forward Minds. Head over to theforwardlab.com to join the conversation and access the show notes. 